Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Business Garage. You're the brave ones with this rain and cold and what. Uh, the good thing with Business Garage is there's coffee. After the other services, they get soda. A good friend of mine from Nairobi is here, Pastor Wa. I'm going to ask him to come and just say hi. Yes. Come on. Business Garage goes global. <laughs> hey, good morning. Thank you, Mose. Thank you for allowing us to be here. You guys are amazing. Uh, we just caught wind of Business Garage. I think it was an idea you, you know, Mose kept mentioning, and we were like, oh, well, that's uh, quite fresh. And uh, who would have thought that uh, Worship Harvest would lead the way in this thing? So... We just want to say thank you. Uh, it really is actually a lot of people are following it online or interested in what you guys are doing, the, some of the outcomes that you guys are having. I think it's going to have an impact on the business community uh, and especially in an African sense, which is something I'm very, very passionate about. So thank you for allowing me to come. I bring you greetings from Nairobi. And uh, thank you. It's fantastic. Thank you, Mose. Welcome. Welcome. Awesome. So, thanks for being here again for Business Garage. We start uh, early because we only, uh, for those who are mean business, and we believe that God saves by few as well as by many. Yeah, I was just reflecting in the worship that, you know, all of us here, plus all the people in Nalia, plus all the people in Chira Municipality, one of us here can start one business that employs all of us and makes us 50 times as wealthy as you have ever been. One person, one business. Think about that. How many people does Microsoft employ? To give you a, a picture, Bill Gates and Melinda, they employ 2,000 people just to help them give away their money. That's not Microsoft. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, 2,000 employees just to help them distribute their money in a sensible way. <laughs> Come on. You know, Business Garage is a place for dreams, place for dreamers. If you're too given to normal things, what, life in the tropics, no, this is not your place. <laughs> this is a place for people like Peter and others who are setting up businesses I've had a conversation with Peter. Uh, I want to become your spokesperson because I, I feel like he didn't unleash upon you all that is on the inside of him. Him and his wife, they are different. The wife is the talker, he's the listener. So, <laughs> if Nyana was here. But you know, these guys are doing incredible stuff, you know, attracting very good talent. And guess what? They're not doing Ugandan businesses mostly. They are doing business at a global scale. They are competing with engineers from all over the globe, doing code and writing for global businesses, businesses in Europe, America. It is, did you know you can do that right from your bedroom? 
Because for many of us, when we think about the economy, job creation, it is you're thinking about all these kiosks along the road. <laughs> no, they just expand your thinking. Let's dream bigger. Let's dream better. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Africa, one of our biggest challenges is dreaming. Yeah, we've allowed the sun to yeah, beat us down, all the rain, I don't know, whatever it is. And so we keep our dreams small. It's time to expand. So I'm looking forward to the day Council Code will be 500 strong, 1,000 strong. Uh, Peter, what are the numbers? You're the one who told me. Like the need for engineers in the West, what's the deficit right now? One million unfilled computer engineering jobs in America as of next year. One million. They can't find one million engineers. And yet there are people here with brains who can sit under his tutelage and in two years you're, you're doing that kind of stuff. Can you believe that? A million computer jobs. Oh, come on. We are trying to open up the systems. Huh? <clears throat> great, great. Yeah, it is. I keep forgetting the, the president who said this, one of the presidents of the US, but I've read this quote. He said that my son, he said that, he, this is what he said. He said, I am into politics so that my son can do engineering. And my son is going to do engineering so that his son can do art. Do you follow that? So he's into politics so that they develop the policies which reward people who do foundational work for nation building, like engineers, architects, road builders, you know the, the stuff, railways, oil, all that unfancy stuff. And he says that it takes... It takes a generation of sober politicians to lay the foundation to unleash a generation of people in the productive business side so that when they succeed, then people can go and start, to me, I'm studying art. How many of you know a painting cannot move beans from Chiboga to Kampala? That's why if you think you're going to survive as a musician, that that's your profession in Uganda, Olimokabi. As a nation, we are not yet at that stage. I don't know if you're listening. We are not yet at that stage of, I'm a musician. No, that stuff is for those, the people in the West who, who you're reading about in, on Facebook, Taylor Swift and the rest, their, their ancestors did the engineering, they did the railways, they did the oil, they did the roads, they did the businesses, supplies, ch supply chains, agriculture, so that now for them they can do that. Why do you think you can't survive in Uganda as a professional footballer? We haven't yet sorted the roads. Who's going to... <laughs> By the way, I'm already preaching. Some people might be waiting for the time. This is it. I'm trying to tell you the stages that society takes to develop. So you start with leadership. You have to sort the leadership. 
I think I'm in that sector. Because if we don't sort the leadership, then we can't arrange properly. You're going to have people trying to do art before we do engineering. And then they will quickly find out no one wants to buy your art piece for $5 million because they have basic needs like rent and housing and uh, whatever. So once you've sorted the basics, then you can... It's a bit like building a building. I'm an architect. You start with the foundation, then you build the what? The superstructure. This building is not too fancy because we have focused mainly on the superstructure. Then you can bring in the painting, the nice furniture, and everything. That comes later. But if you're going to build a house and they find you buying paint first, do you get the idea? All this to say that I think council code is onto something. Council code is onto something. And if I were you and I knew a cousin, a nephew, a niece, or whatever, who is in that direction, I would start sort of trying to figure out how to cancel codify them. Amen. That's how we are going to build our nation. Are we together? Are you tracking? Are you following? Yeah? I don't mean to diss the artistic world because some people are wired that way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like if you are a historian and you set up a historical consultancy in Bukoto. We are historians. We research history. <laughs> you see, then the idea sounds so novel, right? But isn't that stuff we should be paying attention to? Yes, but we need roads. <laughs> First, you, you get the idea. So that's how societies develop. You go stage by Stage, and then you keep building on all of those things. All righty, let's get to, oops, we have a new clicker. Uh, ah, it works. This is better than the other one. Hmm. Hmm. Can do this. All right. So last week, we were looking at uh, the whole idea of scaling up, right? Scaling up. And we, we didn't finish. So we said we will start where we stopped. And I started by putting up these iconic brands which have no words and everyone knew what they were. Okay? Everyone knows Apple. Everyone knows... Come on, if you know, you need to say it. Everyone knows... Ipsam. Everyone knows... Everyone knows... Everyone knows... Everyone knows. Everyone knows. So those are the, some of the global iconic brands. And what we are saying, business garage people, someone in this room, if not many people, at least one person should build a brand to that degree. I think it is very unjust to God eh? who created us in his own image and wired us with incredible potential if we just go through and none of us does something to this scale. 
I think it's not fair to God. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your children. It's not fair to our country. It's not fair to the African people. So someone needs to do something about it. And usually, like, happen, happens when you're preaching, even those other most spiritual messages, because some people think this is not spiritual, someone is always thinking someone needs to do something about it. Someone is always thinking this message is for someone here. And they are not considering themselves. But if not you, then who? If not you, then who? If you won't build a multi-billion dollar business, who is going to? I almost feel like we're do, doing that faith thing of, uh, say, I am the one. <laughs> and then I'm wondering if people will actually comply. <laughs> say, I am the one. I am the one. <clears throat> yeah, people, the guys who built this stuff, eh, they eat carbohydrates, proteins, roughages, just like you and I. In fact, some people, some of us here probably eat better than them. So we need to do something about it. Mm. If, if for some reason you feel like, Bananga, even if I try to crank up my mind, it, it just can't get to that, then find some people who are still dreaming and encourage them, celebrate them. Be as if you were part of the thing. We have to do something. Business garage, we have to do something. The businesses here have to grow at a certain rate per annum. Did you hear those ones? 500, 600% per annum. My goodness. Lord, have mercy on me. So anyway, and then we looked at this really ridiculous thing. Because what I was doing, what led to this is, I was looking, after seeing the global iconic brands, I then started searching for Ugandan Iconic brands. <laughs> now, let me tell you how bad things are. There is even no authoritative publication on business in Uganda. The only source for information on Ugandan businesses online are tabloids. Yeah. In fact, the information I shared, which I'm going to share again, I got from a news, uh, uh, an online magazine, and it's 2016 information, and I don't think that online magazine still exists. So the, 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 uh, the, the, I looked, I looked, I said I just started for 2016. Top 20 taxpayers in Uganda. Did I say top 20? I think there were 10. So that was the first number one. Yeah? Based in... South Africa. So, <laughs> okay, basically we found out that the top, the, what should be the iconic brands of Uganda are not Ugandan. Mama Tata Nanga. That one is South African. That one is Indian. That one is Kenyan. That one is South Africa, now China. Unknown. America. Switzerland. 
Uh, Ugandan by adoption, maybe. Sort of. Uh, basically, you know, <laughs> that one is, we don't know. And so we started saying, what's missing? Where's the place of my business? And we talked about the idea, God bless them, and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. The four stages of idea development. Incubation, production, multiplication, and dominion. So we, I'm assuming that everyone here is in production to a certain degree. You're producing something. And so we are talking about scaling up, the multiplication. How do you take your idea and start scaling it up? And we looked at uh, seven strategies. We were supposed to look at seven strategies. We ended on the third. So just by way of reminder, the first one was the leader's personal growth. What you lead will never outgrow you. If it does, you will always shrink it back to your level. If it does, you'll always shrink it back to, the, to your level. This church is where it is because of my leadership. In other words, if this church is going to continue to grow, guess what? There are two choices. Either I continue growing in my leadership or you find someone else to take you to the next level. You can't have people who are stuck in their personal growth who can grow things bigger than where they are. Are, are you with me? Are you tracking? Hmm? Hmm. The thing that you are in charge of cannot be bigger than you. That's why God is bigger than the universe. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we talk about heaven, that that's where God is. Where was he when he created heaven? I don't mean to disturb you. I'm just saying, let's think. Yeah. So, for you, if you think that you're going to be here, thinking small, doing your little, little things, and then you start doing amazing things. It's not going to happen. The growth happens, first of all, inside the leader. And then it starts expressing itself outside. So you owe it to the people that you're leading in your business to grow. You owe it to them to grow. You yourself has, have to grow. You are your best asset. Because you are your best asset, you deserve your best investment in yourself. And I think I talked about three things. The information you're getting, the people you're meeting, and the places you're going. Those three things are going to determine whether you grow or you stagnate. Information you're, you're absorbing, the people you're meeting, and the places you're going. Information, people, Places, information, people, places. It, it can be a little bit more than that, but when you really 
distill it to the basics, it's those three things. What are you reading? Yeah? Paul and Angela, they like reading novels. <laughs> so I gave them the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John Maxwell. Said every day we'll discuss one chapter. Read and internalize. Mm. Angela, do you want to come and say what you observe? All right, not right now. <laughs> yeah, head shaking going on instead of nodding. So, information, 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 information. Do not let, don't let the only book you read be Facebook. <laughs> 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 mm. Mm. So, uh, I, I, do you read? I read. What books? Facebook. <laughs> so the personal growth of the leader. I keep, it's as if I didn't talk about this last week because I think I'm too passionate about it. Like, I, I will see how we are stuck. Yeah? <clears throat> the law of the rubber band. Growth stops when you lose the tension between where you are and where you should be. If your life is not in tension, in tension, okay, in tension, in tension. If you like your life to be completely at ease, you're not ready for growth. All right, we're talking about arising and shining here on Friday. Every good thing is uphill. Every good thing is uphill. So don't be extremely over-challenged until you burn out. But if you are at the neutral, cars which are neutral are not going anywhere. So if you are going to go somewhere, there has to be some degree of tension in your life. Some degree of tension. You need to live in tension. That's where intentionality comes in. You are in tension. So naturally, you would like to check to read Facebook, but then you also read other books. Read about business. Read about how things work. So the leader's personal growth. And then the second was creating clarity. Start with why. Why does this business exist? I think it's great that we had Peter today because he was very clear about why they exist. If your whole point of existence is to pay the bills, you need to go and get a job. It's so much easier that way. So much easier to pay the bills with a job than a business. Because once you get into business, you go from one boss to several bosses called clients. And they are all calling. They don't even respect office hours. 10 p.m. Owange. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, for you, we are used to 8 to 5. You even start fuming if they hold you back for an extra 30 minutes in the office. And you think you're going to succeed in business? You think you're going to tell your client, great, past office hours? No way. <clears throat> mm. Okay. And then we talked about branding and awareness. Okay, now, 
at this stage, maybe we have to try. What are some of the most iconic Ugandan, Ugandan brands? You notice I've said Ugandan, Ugandan? Uh-huh. Jessa, uh-huh. Movit. Uh, by the way, Movit, they've really put a lot of effort into branding, yeah? Because previously, Movit used to be Bizigoba, yeah, those people, yeah, 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 those ends, eh? But now, man, people here are using Movit. The guys have moved, but they had to put a lot of effort into branding so that they stop being just, you know, known as Bizigo for those people, those ends. Conquer Movit. They're in seven African countries. Wow! Movit is in seven. We need to bring that the proprietor here to Business Garage to tell the story. Seven African countries. Wow. Give me more, give me more iconic Ugandan brands. Mukwano Enterprises. Yeah, those ones are also all over the continent now. Ani? Steel? Steel and tube. Yeah, adopted Ugandans, or is it Ugandan? Okay, steel and tube, uh huh. But it's not iconic. I think roofings is more in people's. When you think steel, I don't think the first thing that comes to you is steel and tube, unless you are an engineer like you. <laughs> people probably think more roofings, right? Uh -huh. When you think food, which brand comes to mind quickly? Maganjo, uh huh. And when you think restaurants, when you think restaurants, which <laughs> cafe Javas. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is Ugandan cafe Javas. Chilies. No one knows chilies. <laughs> uh huh. Chicken tonight. Uh huh. Okay, bring others from other fields. Can I tell you something? When I was thinking about this, the most amazing but sad thing came to my realization. The most well-known Ugandan brands are in politics, not business. The thing you'll say and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come by colors. Now let's move on. <laughs> in other words, wake up. Let's wake up. You're, you're, why are you doing your thing like light a candle and put it under the basket? If I don't know about what you do, it's your problem. And you have to embrace it that it's your problem. And that's why you're, no, I, this is, this, I should be kind. Yeah, that's why you have average money. Okay, let's put it that way. Product marketing and strategy. Had we reached this part? No. So it's one thing to build a brand where you're well known. It's another for the brand to live up to its name. You know, you can be big in people's minds, but not in reality, yeah? Yeah, as preachers, that's how most of the we are. But product marketing and strategy, how are you placing your products in the market. So there are three 
in theory, and theory is nice because you don't have to have a headache to think about it. It's until you have to actualize it. <laughs> there are three things that you have to do to quickly scale up your product or service, right? And I like the three things, but I like to think about it in terms of processes. I like process thinking because then I don't, my head doesn't pain as much as when you think about the whole thing at the same time. So one, you expand the market. By expanding the market, you actually are not expanding the market. You're just reaching more of the market because the market is already there, unless you're in the wrong product, right? So you, what do you do? You, 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 you scale up the market. So let's take a product, for, let's take an example. Who has an example or product? Who has a product that we can think, work with? People. Yours, give me your product that we are going to work with. Oh, by the way, Safe Border is a good Ugandan brand, I think. Mm. No one here has a product we can work with? We are about to get into a prayer session. Just tongues until we finish, because we need the breakthrough. All right? Chic. So there is someone here who actually has a business. I know what she sells, but she's at the front row, and she's, and, you know, and you're thinking, what am I going to do to help people? Okay, there is, there, you come. Come. Where is the other microphone? So quickly tell us about your product. <laughs> You're wearing it. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Amen. My name is Joe, and uh, Peace for Africa is a company that I'm part of. We are blessed to make T-shirts. We minister the gospel on T-shirts. We've had an opportunity to make T-shirts for Worship Harvest and several ministries and companies. So T-shirts. Check the microphone, one, two, hallelujah. Okay, so uh, what's your current degree of demand about? Uh, on average, should we use monthly, weekly? Which, which numbers come to you easier? Give us whatever comes to you easier. Monthly, we have 750 to, between 500 to 750, but the business is seasonal. Because we have... Uh, 60% of our demand is from events. When okay. organizations or yeah. companies yeah. have events. So about 500 pieces uh, a month on average. Okay? So on average, 500 pieces a month. I don't know whether I have the permission to ask this. What's profit margin on a piece? <laughs> gross, gross profit, gross profit. Gross profit. Yeah, like the product costs us this much, and then we percentages. speak in percentages. Some people will be left behind. Okay. <laughs> Since I'm speaking to a client. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not negotiate. I will not negotiate. I promise. I, I promise. <laughs> we'll have a percentage of 30 40%. 30-40%, right? So... The cost is about X. <laughs> if you know, you know. So, 
But, so there are other players in the market, right? But I think you guys are like the lead. The, yes, we're, we're, we're leading. We're you're, the best. You're the leading. So, so, let's think about Kampala. Hmm? About anywhere, Greater Kampala, if you th drag in Mukono and Tebe Wakiso, you're talking about seven, eight million people, right? Yeah? Seven, eight million people who may, let's say, get involved in an event at least once a year. Hmm? We are now, we are examining the market, huh? Once a year. Of the seven, eight million people, half of them are below 15. So effective demand is about four million people. And of the four million people, let's say only 25% can afford a peace party shirt. Right? So that scales us down to a million people. Okay? And let's say these guys, so now, in others, their effective market is a million people. Are you, are you tracking? Their effective market is a million people per year. Now, some of us will buy several t-shirts through the year. Other people will buy one. But let's take one million. And let's say of those, since they are faith-based, they do mostly, well, maybe half of the people are not interested. So we are left with 500,000 t-shirts as effective market. Kampala, greater Kampala alone. If you divide that by 12, that takes your average market to about 40,000 per month. So current demand is 500 a month. Possible demand, possible effective demand is 40,000 a month. Okay. Thank you. My, my, my consultation fees are coming. Now, the thing you're going to say, ah, that's so simplistic. No, but that's your market. Because I'm talking about one t-shirt, and you can do 40,000. So now you've scaled the market. When you're scaling, the first thing you scale is the market. Because people make this error of thinking that if I produce more things, people will take them. No. That's why if you're going to grow your business the first thing you must think about is marketing. It's marketing. Yeah. Build a brand and market. Market like crazy. You have to be, you have to look much big, you have to look 10 times bigger than you are before you start producing 10 times what you produce. You have to first look 10 times bigger than you are before you start producing 10 times the product. Because if you produce 10 times the product, you're going to make a loss. Because we are a demand-driven economy, not supply-driven, and because T-shirts are not food, I don't know if you're following, 
as I can live without a peace party shirt. But his responsibility is to first of all make me look like, how can you even survive without a peace party shirt? Like, where, which rock did you come from under? <laughs> you, you get the idea? Why, we talked about this. Why do people still drink Coca-Cola? I mean, why? Every, all the research has come out. It's bad for your health. It is this. If you pour it on a piece of pork, all the worms will come out. If you pour it in the toilet, the toilet will get clean. People still drink Coke. Why? Marketing. Mm-hmm. Smoking is dangerous for your health. Alcohol should not be sold to people under 18. ETC, ETC. Everyone knows, but everyone... <laughs> Why? Because when they market the product, it's not the product they market. They market the, the experience, the lifestyle. Like, like, if you're not drinking this particular thing in this bottle, like, you are of the 40s if you're not drinking this. Now you can be here and whatever. Let me tell you, you're not going anywhere if you don't get into advertising. You can't scale if you can't scale the market. So your first thing to scale is the market. Scale the market. After you scale the market, then you scale the production. So there are three pieces. There's the market. Once you blow up the market to 10 times, if you're able to create your demand to 10 times, guess what you should be doing in the background? Prepare production of 10 times. Otherwise, if you look bigger than you are and then people keep checking and it's not there, you've just managed to destroy your brand. Because your brand is the experience people have when they get in touch with your business. And then you scale the delivery. You scale the delivery mechanisms, the logistics of delivery. The reason why tech companies are able to grow so fast and defy all rules of business is because they don't have the delivery challenge. That's why you see Facebook, ETC, all these companies, they just come up and they just blow out of the water all of a sudden. Why? They can scale the demand, and, but the production end, they can also scale it quickly because it's not water and chairs and plastic and cement. It is electrons. But then the delivery is so sorted because there's this thing called the internet, which is the delivery mechanism which was already built. Now, for you, your product may not be Internet delivery, it may require a truck. It may require border borders. Whatever it is, you have to sort out the delivery mechanism. Because if you multiply the demand times 10 and multiply the supply times 10, but then the pipe that delivers from the demand to the supply remains the same size, you're going to blow the pipe up or it's not going to work. 
You, you see that? It's like an hourglass. <clears throat> yeah? So scale the market, scale the product, then scale the logistics of delivery. And there's always logistics. Now, logistics has just become big business in Uganda because people are trying to scale. People are tired of paying rent on wherever and people don't want to drive into the traffic. So now there are all these delivery companies. And what Peter said is true. Your website becomes your store. People just click what they want, pay by mobile money, and as soon as the payment comes in, you have your delivery thing. You don't have to own a logistics company. Someone already owns one. Give them business. The thing that's going to slow you down the most is to, is to want to keep all the money for yourself. Give them business. Let them deliver. <laughs> Guy takes just add 10K for delivery or five or whatever. Okay, we've spent too much time here. But, but you get the concept. Okay. I think we are going to have to have a session where we actually walk through this practically with different people to say, what does scaling look like for you? What does scaling look like for you? What does scaling look like for you, right? <clears throat> and then documented systems and processes. This one, okay, this is like old, old business principles that don't grow old. A little like breathing and heartbeat. You can't get rid of them. You can't become too innovative, you stop breathing. Why? If it's not documented, it means that whoever gets into your business, you personally have to be there to tell them, add more salt. <laughs> no, 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 that's too much salt. Like, if, let's say you own a restaurant and you're scaling, you're Mandela. How, how much salt do the chefs know how to put in the food? Or what do they, is it? If that is the method, there's going to be different salt in the chips in different places. So everything must be documented. One of the things we do as worship harvest is, apart from this business garage, which is unique, the other services, everything is documented. So you don't come in and say, <clears throat> but I would like to preach it a little longer. Add another song. No, it's 100 minutes. The best 100 minutes of your week. And there is a brand promise. So in the best 100 minutes of your week, we are going to have awesome music. There's going to be an inspirational message. There's going to be free drinks. Your kids will love it. It's going to be humorous. In other words, if you don't know how to crack jokes, you can't be a successful preacher in worship service because people have to laugh. Now, that's not for business garage. It's for the other one. But even here, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So because everything is documented, we're able to open different locations. But if everything is just in Moses' heart, when a, a new location happens, how do they know what to, to do? Then I have to be there and tell them, uh, no, now the worship, now that was too long. Now maybe remove one song. No, 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 no. Everything is documented. Does that make sense? That's, that's what makes multiplication possible. Everything. So documenting is not complicated. 
Take what you're already doing now and just write it down. That's it. And try out when a new team member joins, instead of having long conversations with them, try out giving them a copy and see how they understand it. Depending on how successful they are with it, then you know whether you've done a good job or not so good a job. So then you have to decide to revise. So documented systems, processes. How did, where did my time go? Leadership and teams. You can't scale without a team. If you want, so for example, if you start a business to pay your bills, guess what? You're going to do everything in your power to prevent anyone else from coming into your business so that you pay them some money. Because you want to retain all the profits. You are the CEO, you are the CFO, you are the CMO, you are the COO. You are the OCC, you are the storekeeper, you are the accountant, you are the logistician, you are the, you are the man with the key. And when the man with the key has gone, the business is closed. <laughs> There's a movie. It's a book. The man with the key has gone by Ian Clark. He'll be speaking at uh, Transform. If you haven't registered, Lord have mercy on you. Registration just went up 300,000. So you have to build a team. Okay, go online and look for the Rockefeller habits. Rockefeller habits, it's, it's there. Rockefeller habits, if you look in images, you'll find either PDF or something. Uh, go search for it later on. Print it out and start going through it with your team. If a day comes and your whole team can tick all the things on the Rockefeller habits, you're ready to fly. You're ready to fly as a business. <clears throat> Rockefeller, Rockefeller. There's something called the Rockefeller habits. So that's, that's a very good team building tool. It doesn't show you how to, it just checks whether you think, having a collection of people in the room doesn't make you a team. <clears throat> no. That's not a team. It's just a group. It's a gang. Even a gang is minding the same thing, beating the other people. Some of you have people on your so-called team, Bambi. They're just there to collect a check. You need to check what's going on. All right, so build a team. And then governance and structures. I think this is the last one. Yeah. Governance and structures. Governance structures. Governance structures. I was listening to someone on the Entry Leadership podcast. Their business has suddenly made it, but they struggled for like four years. They, nothing good was happening in that business. And he said that the only sensible decision they made in those four years was to have a board. Because that board prevented them from quitting. The board made sure they survived long enough to start succeeding. Now, Katifemi, Uganda, you want, oh my goodness. Just the mention of the word board brings migraines to people. Because you're thinking, this is my thing. I cannot let other people start telling me what to do. 
founder and chief visionary. <laughs> what did the centurion tell Jesus? I too am a man under authority, and I say to one, go. If you are not under authority, you're not ready for success. Because two things are going to happen. Either one, you will not succeed because you are not under authority, which is the better thing, or two, you will succeed and self-destruct, which is the worst thing. Because you are not under authority. Either way, it's not good for you. All those fellows that you think are shining out there in those business world, they have serious boards which give them a, who hold them to account, ask tough questions. They prevent them from making colossal mistakes. Now, for you, it may be at a stage where your mistakes cost 100 million, 50, 5. My friend, some people. <laughs> It's understandable who says you are always one decision away from a wreck. One. Who's going to prevent the wreck? Your board. A board provides oversight, it provides insight, and it provides foresight. I learned that from Alf, Alfred Agabai. Wherever you are, credits. Insight. That's wisdom, yeah? There are things you don't know. Foresight, that's vision. Oversight, supervision. Insight, foresight, oversight. Because the day will come and you'll be tired. And when you're tired, you make bad mistakes. And you'll need to have a policy which says that you cannot make that decision without the board's approval. And then you'll fume in the boardroom. You'll pound the table and the board will say no. And five months later, you'll go kissing each one of them passionately and thanking them for saying no. When it becomes apparent to you that you were about to sink your life's work. God bless you. Brother, you don't have to be a Microsoft to have a board. You can have a board now, this week. Start praying about and writing to people. Let me tell you, you look big when you have you. Actually, Alf is not here today, I think. But actually, he rents, they, they have a board for hire. Like, you can rent a board from them. <laughs> yes, that's their business model. They have boards to rent. So you can't afford to have a board, they rent a board to you. But it's a serious board, you can't bulldoze them. So when you're getting a board, it's good to get some different professions on the board that are critical for your success. So you need to have a lawyer on there to give you uh, statutory, legal, and all of that. You need to have someone good with numbers, accountants, either an accountant or someone in that field auditing ETC on your board. Uh, you need to have 
What else? Camera. Business? Yeah, you need to have a strategist on your board. Someone who just thinks like me. I'm not available. Just saying. You need a strategist on your board. An apostle. Someone who sees things that you're not seeing. Because remember, you know, we used to dig in the village. Eh? Uh, my mom would show up and they give each one a portion. We are going up to those ends. Man. And you look up. <laughs> you dig, you dig. And so one of the strategies we adopted is just don't look up. Just don't look up. Keep, don't look up. Be surprised when you, the, the thing you're about, hey, we are near. But how many of you know that's not a good idea when you're working? But that's how many of us work. You hunker down, minding the business. And you need someone on your board who says, look, an iceberg. Okay? So you need a strategist. And then other people. Need, some, need someone with a heart. Huh? To, who feels people's pain? Otherwise, you'll be hiring and firing like crazy. You know how these things work and how Ugandans, we like to. No, we don't like to fire Ugandans. We are terrible at firing and then we are terrible at work ethic. So basically, you have the boss and everyone else, they are all terrible. So no one can fire anyone. Then there are relatives involved. Then I don't know what. Then people show up at 9 o'clock for work. They leave at 4 p.m. Cash! I'm done. There is an article I need you to read. Where did I find it? On Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. There is a guy, he's a journalist. He's my hobby. He's called Joel Isabi. He's, I think, writing a book that he's about to put out. So he has been serializing things that are going to be in the book. But it is very good reading for you for, for you as a business person. There's one he put out yesterday uh, because he's a media consultant, so he would go into these radio stations and turn them around. So Super FM had fallen out of the top 10, and so Sema Timber hunted him down until he got him to turn around Super FM. And so he just writes about the turning around Super FM story. Guys, you should read that stuff. There are people in this town, you will see that success is not accidental. Because he decided to make, to make, my time is over, by the way. <clears throat> but I'm sure you wanted this information. <clears throat> so, so he agreed with Sema Timba that, because Sema Timba had gone into politics and he was away, so the station sort of, again, no systems. But he, he said, okay, so you'll, be the, you'll be the voice of the station. So I need you to come and do voice, voicing, voiceovers. And so he thought he would be, do like, 20 lines. So Sematimba shows up and Joel has prepared for him 300 lines to voice. And then he had to do them to perfection. He will do some like 30 times before Joel says, okay, it's good enough. And he says, some days, and so what he writes about is how disciplined Sematimba was. He says, some days he would show up at 11 and he would do voicing from 11 a.m. to 4 a.m.
But the thing is, Sematimba is the boss, but he could not bulldoze Joel because Joel was in charge of, that, of the station now. He's like, no, 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 it's not good enough yet. And he's good. Sematimba was good, but he's like, until it was perfect, he wouldn't let him off the hook. So sometimes it would take more than 12 hours. That should be the normal for all of us here if we are going to build serious businesses. All right, let's stand up and bless one another. Yay, yay. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.